Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Two Cyber Chicks podcast. You're about to join Erica and Jax for an inclusive cybersecurity conversation designed to educate and break the stereotypes of cybersecurity professionals while providing life hacks on how to handle burnout, networking, and goal setting. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. Welcome back to Cyber Chicks fam. Today's guest, Haseeb Awan, is an experienced CEO in the cybersecurity and crypto space. Haseeb has been highlighted in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Mashable, Hulu, NASDAQ, Netflix, TechCrunch, Coinbase, I could go on and on. Haseeb has been awarded various recognitions, such as the top 10 startups of the year and the Ottawa Immigrant Entrepreneur of the Year. Congratulations, by the way. His background is super diverse from a bachelor's in electrical engineering and telecommunications to a master's in engineering management, all the way to prestigious incubator and founder programs, along with professional certifications to just sprinkle in the mix, um, such as a technology entrepreneurship certification from Stanford and his PMP. I see it's such a pleasure to have you here with us two today, and we're super excited to learn from you to kick off, would you mind just giving our listeners a quick introduction? We'd love to hear about what you're currently dedicated today professionally. Uh, I think Erica and Jax for having me on the show. Uh, we just work with high-profile individuals, mostly celebrities, ultra high net worth individuals and important people on their cell phone security. So think about just like a T-Mobile or like any other cell phone carrier, but for important people. Wow, I love that. And I'm like really, really impressed with your background. I was really excited when Erica said that you were our guest on the show. You have a fascinating background and being somebody that works in the cybersecurity space. I am familiar with some of the cryptocurrency space and what you're what you're doing within that space. So we're going to be diving into that. But before we do, one of the things that we like to do on this show is kind of, again, demystify the space of technology. So from the beginning of your career in engineering, let's just preface it that way, uh, from pivoting from engineering then into mobile security, if you could go back in time, okay, and you could look at yourself, is there any advice that you would give to your younger self be- before stepping into the, this field? Um, I think take more risk, right? Like, you know, and don't... Um, uh, so, so for me, it's different because obviously I was also moving countries and I was like, you know, I was a student, I was getting crypto and I went to Y Combinator. If you look at big, back 15 years, I, it looks like a movie, you know, mm. like it looks like, you know, okay, there's like, you know, uh, next time I don't believe what we did, right? And I'll tell you something very interesting because today is actually a day. We just had 4th of July and, and the company that I co-founded 10 years ago went public just a day before uh, wow. 4th of July, 3rd of July. Right. So we were acquired by a SPAC and went public. And so the ticker was basically the ticker that we were looking at, like maybe nine years ago. This is what you trademark and everything. So I was thinking about, oh, my God, like, you know, it's 4th of July. You know, people are talking about achievement and what a timing to go public. Yeah. And uh, and I really and trust me, we didn't time it at all, but it just happened. So I was talking. I actually didn't have the authority to even do that. But, uh, you know, like. It was like I was just sitting on the ticket and watching this stock trade. 
it's just like, you know, like thinking about, we used to hear about NASDAQ, right? Like, you know, this is something that people go, top companies do. So I always used to think about who are the people who build these kinds of companies? You'll think about like, you know, Beyond Ray in Pakistan, you're thinking about, okay, man, there's someone like Elon Musk, right? Like, no, no Elon Musk, but you think about, we used to write uh, books, uh, biographies about those, right? Those are people who actually did. And now you're saying, okay, man, we are there. People are talking about this stuff. Yeah. Right. That we built in our kind of our garage. So, so I think uh, uh, it becomes kind of emotional at times in a way that uh, when you look at how life has been with you and like, you know, and, and all the pain that you've gone through were ultimately paid off. So my experience with, this is probably my third main startup and all the third startups, it hasn't been like, I wanted to build a startup. It was just like, I enjoyed something and it just turned into a startup. So I'll start off with the first one. I was into car uh, racing and everything. And we set up a website for car racing. My friends did. So I joined them and uh, six years later, we had 8 million members and uh, awesome. who enjoyed the love of car, right? And we never at any point of time, we thought this would be a business. It was just a hobby for us, turned into a business. Anyways, uh, with Bitcoin ATM, I literally only wanted to buy Bitcoin for cheaper. There was no other way around. And our story was that we met at a, at a, at a meetup and we said, let's start a fix a way to Bitcoin ATM. Like built a bit uh, to buy cheaper bitcoins because people were sending envelopes back in the day uh, to exchanges, and that turned into maybe nine years later we had ten thousand locations, and now we are talking about uh, Bitcoin ATM. Like if security help from security, I'm a telecom engineer. Frankly, I hated engineering. I still hate engineering sometimes if I have to do work, but I enjoy building products. You know, I enjoy yeah. uh, you know because like a. It's like a painting, you know, you want, uh, like with a painter, I'm not a painter, but like, you know, if you're a painter, my sister is actually, so she thinks about I mean, this is what I want to draw on the line, on the page. That's how you draw as a coder. You want software to do things that you want to do yourself. So it's like you're training a slave. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm just talking in terms that you're building something that will work for you while you're sleeping, you know, right. and just the idea that uh, as a human today, we are empowered to do so. It's so powerful that we can ask code to do things while we are sleeping. Like how interesting this is, right? Like, you know, how uh, powerful this is. Mm -hmm. And when I got into this cell phone security thing, I was hacked. I said, this is a stupid way to hack because I believe that I was very, very careful with all the security stuff and everything, but I got hacked and I realized my cell phone carrier is basically, I can install MDNs, I can install endpoint security, firewalls, VPN, you can think about the uh, things, but someone can walk into a cell phone store and hack my account who makes $10 an hour. So that's my, that's my foundation of my security. So I realized there's no cell phone security there. So that's how I started a company. Again, uh, three years down the road, we have 98% retention rate and, you know, we, that's what we do. So this, the story behind all of this is that, you know, it didn't happen because I wanted to do something. It just happened because I wanted to solve a problem, which is a cliche in the industry, but that actually happened. 
Hasib, I, I, I think that um, that's been a very natural progression for you. It sounds like you've been very self-aware and you've been finding solutions to things you a, enjoy or that, you know, you're interested in being a part of. So um, that's a that's a really cool. And I'd love to kind of just dive into, you know, this whole concept that you just brought up, like blockchain, crypto, all of these terms, you know, they're buzzwords, right? But they're also kind of daunting. <coughs> um, some of it, see, some see it as a future of technology, right? Other people are curious, you know, like, and scared right? They don't know where to start gaining information. People are always a little bit weary of things they don't understand. And so from your perspective, um, you know, where is the best place and, and how does one start to understand how crypto, how the blockchain really works? Um, specifically speaking to, you know, security practitioners out there that are wanting to understand, you know, what's coming down the pipeline as, as more and more, um, you know, customers are coming to us asking us for help and support in the um, the spin up of these environments, securing them, and then getting prepared for regulators to also crack down and give some direction on where these safeguards have to be. Yes, the so security is uh, crypto is a bit uh, interesting, uh, and so first of all, if you want to learn crypto, I would just recommend it to you. Type in your city and type crypto meetup. It's the easiest way, you know, go to, uh, if you live in San Francisco, type San Francisco Bitcoin meetup. There's a meetup in every city, literally like, you know, uh, when we started off, there was literally uh, very difficult to find someone. You know, you can, if you have a meetup, you'll have like 10, 20 people at most. Now you go to a conference, there are like thousands of different, and frankly, there's a count, the conference every day, right? So within half, within hundred miles, you will have a conference a month. So you can go there to find out and learn about it. And um, if you want to learn more, just buy Bitcoins. You know, like you don't have to buy a bill. You can buy for $10, $20 and learn about this. Because once you, like I can teach you all the books on the, on you can watch all the YouTube videos on how to dance, but you have to actually dance or so for sure. swimming, right? Or like, you know, you have to actually jump in the pool to learn. You cannot just watch the book. So that's how you should do it. Otherwise, uh, one thing that has happened in crypto is that because irreversible, so you can technically um, steal someone money and cash out in a country that uh, or outside that or use it online um, and no one can catch you. It's not a bank transaction. There's no, you know, chargebacks and everything that makes it very easy for people to hack. Like literally um, uh, there isn't a week, there isn't a week like in the last like maybe three years uh, that I haven't found anyone who lost their entire life savings and they can't get it back. So it's very tough because ordinary, like, you know, we hear about hacks every day, but you can, you know, it doesn't impact people's life as critical as it does. Like, you know, people, credit card get hacked, they do a chargeback, it's all good. You know, people have some wires, they get hacked, it, their social media get taken over. Okay, you know, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's not like a such thing while losing your retirement fund is, is something that's challenging. You're 65, you are enjoying and you and you lost everything you had, and now you have to work again. And if you look at the hacks, the challenge with the decentralization and everything is that sometimes even if the person knows they're being hacked, they can't do anything. And literally funds are being drained in front of them. Like think about your money, thieves stealing your money, you can't do anything. You can just hold on to that. So crypto is, I think 20% of all the Bitcoins are hacked or something. 
if you look at that statistics 20% of our entire industry is gone because of hack and you have hacked for a billion dollars like 100 like think about a bank being hacked for 1 billion dollars you don't hear about these things but crypto happens every day but the biggest challenge is sometime if i tell you that people are giving 100,000 or millions of dollars to someone they don't know it's so crazy that they just went online and they will just deploy and the guy says oh you know i screwed up i'm just deleting my twitter account and gone and this happens in crypto almost every day and the most funny part is in our bitcoin atm we had do not send money to anyone that you don't know it's a clear it's a big notice right it's in a in a thing and it's in a page and say very question give you a call and they'll still do it of course and they'll come back two days after and they say oh someone stole my money they're like what is this warning about oh uh, i have no idea how those people tra- get trapped and bitcoin like you know if you use any any ransomware in crypto in in regular cyber security it comes to crypto as well so crypto is and will be probably one of the highest source of illicit money transfer with the mm-hmm. size of like you know we like money laundering happens in the banks too like you know banks are one of the biggest money launderers but at the same time if you look at percentage uh, it will probably two percent of their business but if you look crypto uh it's just easy to so crypto is very receptive to hackers because number one so easy to hack number two there's no traceability and number three uh you know once you have the money you have the money so yeah mm. So I've, I want to follow up question on some of the things that you were saying, because any of our listeners that are listening, if, I mean, I'm a little uh, worried about getting into the space because I'm not really sure, like, how do I protect myself? Because you were just talking about people getting ha- hacked, losing life savings. Like, how devastating would that be when you 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 think you have all this money? Now it's gone. It's hard to track. It's hard to it's nearly impossible to recover. If it has been recovered, it's a very small percent. And you even said that the machines that you have, they have warnings. Do not like send money to people you do not know. Yet we we see it constantly. That's why you know phishing attacks are so uh, so good. It's so easy to get people with. So I'm curious in this space, what is your perspective on what organizations or individuals can do to manage their risk if they're in the crypto space? I said this comes to another business idea that I think someone should implement it. So we, you know, about <laughs> SOC 2 more than I do. You know, we talk about, the, uh, you know, like uh, ISO 20001. There's actually no standard crypto. So I'll set it, set, I'll, I'll, so it's so crazy that there's no standard crypto. There's no security checklist. There's no like, you know, certified. Uh, we just went through type two uh, certification and you understand how difficult it is, right? There's 77 pages report they have to fill in. And like, you know, uh, we can't do anything. And you'll be surprised that probably maybe less than a dozen companies in TarCrypt.soc2. For industry that is like almost like 2 trillion like yeah, last year. Only less than a dozen companies are SOC2 supplied. And so you're handing over the money. Uh, there's no like, you know, uh, SOC 2, no ISO, no, like, you know, any, there's no framework. So I think there's a need to build a framework yeah. where anyone can come in. So like Jacks want to be become a, uh, you know, I want to get in crypto. And okay, there are 10, 10 people checklist that you follow. There's no checklist. 
okay, you know, you onboard an employee on this exchange. What is the checklist? So they have all developed their own, but like kind of everyone have their own practices. But there's no like, uh, like I'll give you an example, this, this small, it's a, it's a $35 device. And people have like millions of hundred millions and they don't even spend money, $10 spending money on a hardware device. Right. So uh, if you look at crypto hacks, there's there no standard. I think there's a need for that where any company can, should go through and certify. There's an idea for you guys and anyone on the thing. If I wasn't doing myself, I would be doing, building that one. That would because be your fourth startup. That. For startup, oh, for startup. Yeah, yeah. pitching it to a no. governing body or becoming the go governing body that right. uh, creates the standard, says, here's the framework, adopt, yeah. or you can't play in this space. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it's just like, it's like, a, it's like certification, right? Like, you know, you have right. to do it. And, and it, But this is such a stupid idea, right? Like, you know, because we suffered through that, right? Now, people ask us, when they come to us, they say, okay, you know, I, I just got in crypto, I just got your SIM card, what else should I do? And we're telling them get like a, a FIDO keys, you know, set up like two factor, use like Authy, use like this and everything. But there's no like checklist. And the reason why we haven't developed it is because we're scared of liabilities, you know, and because it's like, you know, okay, people will click stuff. So, so there's a need for that. And I believe that's where crypto and cybersecurity companies can, can come sure. and build companies. Absolutely. And I, and I do think that, you know, there's, there's a side missing on the regulatory perspective, because if, if no one's cracking down on it and demanding these types of assurances, then there, then that's why there hasn't been a need for the framework, right, to be developed to provide said assurance. So I think, you know, I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Um, but I definitely agree with your point that something's got to be done. So I'm going to do a quick little pivot here. Um, I spent some time on your blog, which I loved, by the way, it was very, very great. And there was a post that you had in 2019 that was focused on trust and decentralized finance. And honestly, I got deep in the weeds. I'm over here Googling, trying to research as much as I can about that. But I was really curious, you know, you wrote that in 2019. How do you think we're trending in terms of decentralized financial systems? Have decentralized exchanges and protocols matured the way that you thought they would today here in 2023? They haven't, they haven't, right? Like, the reason for that is because I was in crypto uh, almost like 10, 11 years, 10, like 9, 10 years ago. I still believe that finance overall is broken. You know, like you want to do a credit check, you know, like I'll give you an example. I had to come to, I, I moved to US like four years ago and I couldn't get a credit, I couldn't get my car financed, right? So I literally had to pay someone, like see how stupid this is. I had to pay someone so they can give me a card that they will change me, charge me fees on so I can build my credit. Like how stupid this is, right? So, and other financial products are not well suited for it. You know, uh, you know, you move a money around and everything. So I think I still believe that decentralization has a thing, but the challenge that we are suffering is because how do you bring it to mass market? Like it's like email, like not everyone can build their own data center and build their own hosting clients. They have to rely on a, a Gmail or a Yahoo or, you know, like, like it's decentralized systems, which can guide them. So I think it will be a combination, but I like, really like the idea of uh, where people should be able to interact with others uh, without, you know, going into a lot of So I use decentralization a lot of times for fun uh, because I'm very fascinated that literally you can carry your entire net worth on a small, this is a different key, but like a device like this. And like, you can literally have everything. And if you want to move your place rather than, going through the banks and everything 
you can just walk away with the machine and go to an ATM and try and take out money. Like how cool this is to be your own bank. Very cool. Yeah. And I know you talked about like the future being a marketplace of sorts. And I thought that was totally fascinating. So just to plug for anyone listening or watching this, check out Hasib's blog because there were a lot of really good nuggets in there. Oh, I'm thank you that you read it. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to add too, just for the listeners. So you're currently in Puerto Rico, but he has a very interesting background. Uh, Pakistani born Canadian who lived in the United States and now living in Puerto Rico. And so before we wrap up, I'm just curious why Puerto Rico out of everything, out of all the locations? Uh, so there are multiple reasons, right? So uh, I moved to US almost four years ago. Um, and practically, I moved in 2019, December. And what happened in March 2020? Oh, yeah. You know, we yeah, had a pandemic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So COVID. So for two years, so think about you go to a country and you don't know anyone and you can't talk to anyone for almost two years, right? Yeah. So I was sick and tired. I was living in California. I was sick and tired uh, of like living in, in, in California. Then like I couldn't talk to anyone. Like people were wearing masks while they were driving cars and like, you know, and no one talked to anyone. And I thought I'm like, it was so stupid, right? And... And it personally, because I have a kid too, and he had a speech delay and everything. So we were kind of isolated in, in a stuff. So I wanted to go to a place where I can talk and meet, be, be very friendly. So yeah. that was the one thing. And then the weather, weather was really good. And obviously tax incentives. And not just that, I wanted to focus more on decentralization and everything. And crypto is kind of becoming a hub for, for crypto things. So I moved there. I said, okay, I want to talk something. I want to run experiment and everything. I'm moving back to California, by the way, next month. But, uh, uh, but you know, like, I think the best time of my life is spent in Puerto Rico, as in the weather is best. Like, there's no place on earth where you can, probably there is, but where you can, zero taxes. Taxes are a big thing. So people who don't know, there's no federal, no state tax there. So you can live there and basically make, so for folks who, because I, I work remote. If I live in California, like Puerto Rico, it doesn't have any difference. So. Right. But now you're making 30, 40, 50% more than what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So exactly. that's been more thing. The weather is good. You can literally go to a pool like, like 1 a.m. in January. So you don't have to think about that. And everyone is super happy. One thing I've noticed in Puerto Rico that everyone is super happy. And this is my first time living in a Spanish thing. I don't know if it's a Spanish thing or it's basically Puerto Rico, but you never hear about any complaints. So like in the U.S. people say, oh, you know, I have a nice house, but, you know, my dog is has this problem. Oh, yeah. Right. And Puerto Rico people say, you know, oh, my life is this, this, this bad. But, you know, man, I'm alive. So everything is good. You know, so it's a perspective about like, you know, what comes after but in Puerto Rico after but everything is gratitude. But in the U.S. mainland, everything is a complaint after but. So true. So true on that. But, well, we're going to be happy to have you back next month. Definitely stay in touch with us. Speaking of staying in touch, what is the best way for our listeners and our viewers to be able to reach you? Is that LinkedIn? Because we'll throw everything in the show notes for them to be able to contact you, including your blog. Yeah, LinkedIn is pretty good, too. Twitter is pretty good, too. I'm pretty responsive on Twitter. My username is Asib, my first okay. name. Uh, or they can reach to me, me at asib.ifani.com or asib.ifani.com. And I'm pretty quick in responding to emails. Ah, oh, you're amazing, Asif. Thank you so much. And I just want to do a quick wrap and thank all of our followers and now subscribers. Go us. We're on YouTube. If you are watching this on YouTube, just a friendly reminder, it would mean the world to us if you guys hit subscribe, you like, and you shared this out with others. 
Thank you again, Hasib. You are the best. See ya. Thank you, Jackson. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Two Cyber Chicks Podcast with Erica and Jax. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Thank you.